the City Quick Connect podcast is brought to you by the Municipal Association of South Carolina. Hi, folks. This is Jenny Bulware, manager for Main Street, South Carolina, a network of communities across the state committed to creating vibrant, high-quality downtown economies. Joining me are two Main Street directors, Joe Timmons from Lancaster and Susie Moyd from Hartsville. Main Street programs are known for their problem-solving skills. We've seen lots of creative, practical solutions for helping businesses open safely and stay open. Susie, what has Hartsville developed to assist its small business community? I think probably the biggest thing that Hartsville has done is the Hartsville Comeback Campaign that had several public and private partnerships that contributed to that. So we were able to do 38 microloans between $2,500 and $5,000, and uh, we spent $154,000 in three weeks. So that was probably the biggest boost that we were able to give our our downtown um, with a pretty easy application. That's fantastic. Did you were you able to reach uh, businesses that you didn't think you would? Were you surprised with the applications? Yes, and I was not part of the application process because I think because my heart is so much a part of downtown, right. and also we wanted to make sure that we reached everyone in our downtown, not just the people that participate in. Main Street reindeer games downtown. You know there there are some right. people that are don't want to participate, but they still needed they still needed financial assistance. That's great. That's an impactful effort there. Um, Joe and Lancaster, y'all directly infused money into the community. Expand on that. What we started is a a kind of a gift card that the city actually gave all of its employees, which is about 170 employees. They gave everybody $300 on a gift card, but the gift card was a special gift card that you can only use at select businesses downtown, and the businesses downtown had to opt into it. Uh, one of our local restaurants, Punky's on Main, they saw a huge increase after this because people would go in there and they would use that gift card. The gift card only allowed people to use it in the specific restaurants that or the businesses that actually opted in. And it was a simple process. All they had to do was go in there, type in their number, their credit card number, and it would put them automatically in the system. And it was a very simple process. One thing that we did see was a huge increase, not only in the downtown businesses, but we also saw an increase in morale and coming together with the city. That's that's fantastic. Well, and it's such a mutually beneficial effort too. I mean, and it's, it's again, one of those practical approaches. That's fantastic. So these new approaches to business assistance show creativity and the ability to kind of transition in a, in a way that's very effective. However, you know, we, we also have talked about downtown planning exercises. Um, these are things that should be ongoing that while we may have had some stops as we reevaluate the process, we're also still seeing those those um, projects being implemented. So, Joe, tell us about Lancaster's downtown master plan process. Our master plan has been working on for a while now, but we saw this as an opportunity to, because a lot of our regular outgoing messages about sales and stuff like that were kind of slow during the COVID part. We did use that time to push out surveys to our the people in the public, and also our businesses. We asked them to do surveys as well. 
um, to get people to come in and talk to them and, and really, really push it together. Um, but we saw that pushing out those surveys during this time, we had a lot more response than we usually do because people are looking for stuff to do and more, more people are on Facebook and Twitter and all those. They could actually go on there and fill out those surveys real quick and we would get a response. So we've been working on that and we finally finished our master plan with a lot of input from our community. And we've also started working on funding for those projects. And so now we are looking at the Gay Street Commons, where we're gonna turn it into like a festival street. That's one of our biggest projects first in our farmer's market. So we're excited about that. That's great. And this is the time to work on those public spaces that are probably not as active right now. That's one thing we noticed was that a lot of our areas, they're not being utilized as well as we would like. So to work on these projects and actually push different things, take pictures of it, put it out as part of the survey so people can see what we're talking about and what we're trying to do. Highly visual. That's super helpful, especially as you mentioned, everybody's living in that virtual space. Now, Susie, what's been underway in Hartsville with projects? Well, as far as downtown beautification and vibrancy projects, we uh, had a mural that was already slated, you know, pre-COVID, and a, and a painter, he came into town and painted a, a mural that says small town, big heart, Hartsville. So it's on the side of a wall right in the middle of our downtown. And we just recently, believe it or not, had still the Little Miss South Carolina pageant going on in our center theater and saw a lot of little pageant girls taking their picture with their masks on in front of the mural. So we were really glad to be able to complete that project during this time. That's great. Again, another highly visual activity, too. So during the past several months, we've seen new ways of hosting events. Many communities have had to cancel the larger scale events. Susie, how is Main Street Hartsville creatively meeting the challenges of social distancing for events and promotional activities? What are y'all doing differently? We had to cancel all of our downtown block parties, but I was lucky enough to have one of my sponsors that asked if I could use that money in a different way his sponsorship. And so we were able to push out discounted gift certificates, which I had seen on the National Main Street Listserv, where they had offered $10 gift certificates for $7.50. And the $2.50 difference was subsidized by the sponsorship. And the reason why we did the $10 gift certificate is because that encourages people to go and mostly support restaurants, but it also encourages you to go to multiple places. Um, our farmer's market was really successful in May, but I think that that was a time when people were looking for access to food, and food was scarce, and it was hard to find bread and toilet paper. So that was a really great service that we could put things in the back of people's cars, touchless. It was a prepay system. So we were able to do that in May, but once it came around to June, people still already had access to go back into the grocery stores. So it wasn't that great of a market. And then right now we're, we're canceling the market because we don't have the vendors, the food vendors don't want to come out because they're older farmers or they are supplying restaurants and they're already sold out. Our meat supplier is very low on inventory. So we're still seeing like some, some waxing and waning on what we can actually do even if we wanted to do it. So we have canceled the August one. We also don't, usually we have kids coming back into school 
in our downtown for Governor School and Coker. And Governor School for Science and Mathematics, which is in Hartsville, has moved to all online. So we, we're not going to see the influx of parents and students like we did. And the Coker is not coming back until August 10th for move-in date. So everything's kind of shifting, but I still think that we're going to see that we'll be able to do these events maybe in the fall. We're looking, we had a meeting yesterday looking at, you know, what happens with treats on the streets where we hand out candy to basically everybody in our community. <laughs> and like the drop-off school buses for kids to come to that. So they come from like counties all over the place. But I don't know what that's going to look like. Or, you know, do pe- can kids sit on Santa Claus's lap? I mean, these are the sad conversations that we're having right now. You know, cancel Christmas. Is that what, is that what we're doing? How, how do we shift on that and pivot? I don't know. But we're trying. So do you have, you've been talking, you talked about meeting, having these meetings and discussions, and you participated with the events task force to, where we wrestled with some of these bigger concepts. Is it safe? What, what types of things need to be in place in order for you to host a larger gathering? So do you have best practices that you would recommend for communities that are thinking about their events in the same capacity? Like, what do we do? Well, it, it also comes down to the big debate of the mask issue because we, Hartsville has masks are encouraged, but you have people on both sides of the fence and it's super tricky on social media. People either love masks or they hate masks. And so you don't really want to have an event where you can't police, you know, the enforcement of people with masks or social distancing. If I'm just working it with two volunteers, if I'm working an event with just a couple of volunteers, because we're normally just a small, easygoing dogs on leashes and kids in strollers and people blowing bubbles and sidewalk chalk kind of deal, it's not a it's not a high stress moment on a Saturday morning. But if you have people that are going to be angry about masks, it's going to be harder for me to manage that event and and how and to manage how many people show up you know, points of entrance and egress right. and how, how do you control crowds? So I was a little bit scared of that. But yeah. the city is continuing with, they're going to continue with their national night out, which is usually a touch-a-truck event, but now it's going to be a touchless, don't-touch-the-truck event. <laughs> so, but we're going to, and that's not, that's not my event, but it is the city's event. So we are moving forward, you know, with some, some events sure. in town. That's right. And, and Joe, I know y'all had to cancel most everything. And, and what, what is being developed in place of those canceled events? Or are y'all waiting until things improve with, with numbers and, and safety? Well, our biggest festival, Red Rose Festival, that brings about 20,000 in downtown was rescheduled until September. So we're really looking at that one very closely. Um, we're very scared that we might have to cancel it. However, the reason we rescheduled is it's easier on contracts than it is on canceling. But what we've seen is we have canceled all of our, pretty much our finally Friday nights. We've actually started developing a drive-in movie theater. And so what we're doing there is we're allowing people to come in and drive in and we're going to have a movie screen up and they can tune into a radio station and listen to it while they stay in their car. Also, the cars will be parked six feet away from each other, so we'll be able to do social distancing that way. So if people want to get on top of their cars or in their trunk beds, they'll be able to do that. Uh, But we are encouraging, kind of in the same boat with Susie, that council has encouraged mask wearing, 
but we're encouraging people to wear a mask while they're not in their cars. We are having, this was one thing we've seen, that we will have to have someone to be a bathroom attendant to spray mm. down the after everyone. Um, so that's a new thing that we've got to have for this festival. But those festivals, we're trying to keep the spirit up. If we do cancel it, we make sure we, we explain why and we make sure that we're very visible on what we were deciding and why we were deciding that. Since we have MUSD here in Lancaster, we've decided to help. They're, they're one of the ones that will help us with the numbers and figure out if we should cancel or not. I really appreciate you touching on the communication aspect of it. So letting the public and participants, partners, whomever is involved in your event planning, letting them know what you're doing and why you're doing it. I think that is a really important part of the transitioning aspect. So I appreciate you you adding adding that. So Main Streets generate tremendous public and private interests. However, the way we generate that interest through outreach is not recommended at the moment. Uh, we can't have these larger public meetings. We can't have these larger public events. So what does outreach and community engagement look like right now? How are your programs working in outreach? We're doing a lot of Zoom meetings. We also have set up in our council chambers. Council can actually meet either in person with masks or they can be virtually. And we've noticed that we have a lot of public that will come in. We've, we've put it out there so the public can actually watch or listen in if they would like to. But our outreach with our businesses, we're using Facebook and we're allowing our businesses to post as much as they would like to on our Facebook as well. We just make sure that, you know, it's it's in the right format and, and says what it needs to say. When they actually send out stuff, we can actually project that through. And we're trying to portray positive things in the community. So if we see a news article that's positive, we really push that out. And we've noticed that our outreach and also our people that are seeing our Facebook have started responding more. As you said earlier, we're all in this virtual world. So they're paying attention to the positive things. And also the more, everybody hears COVID everywhere, but the more positive things that you can push out, the better. And that's one thing we're doing out for our outreach. That's great. And Susie? I would agree with Joe. We are also having a lot of Zoom meetings um, to connect our our committee members and also our community. And with merchants, we are also doing some things online and, and helping cross-promote and, and support them. It's just a, a different time right now, but um, you know, I think Joe's right. When you when you post things like somebody bought coffee for the entire Hartsville Police Department, those posts get more engagement than any other post. So we also have in our downtown some new businesses that are coming along, and I think people are more excited about seeing new things and happy things, even though they can't go there yet. We have a a brewery that is showing like an, a light at the end of the tunnel where they just had their brewing vets delivered this week. And so everybody's really excited about that. We have a historic train depot in our downtown that they're working on the roof. We have an ice cream shop coming to a building that had been kind of not abandoned, but had been left alone for a while. So that's exciting. And the places that were empty are now being expanded into. So we have a lot of growth in our downtown which surprises me in this time. People are still hopeful and looking forward to a time that 
They can sell scoops of ice cream and cold beers. So we are looking forward to getting back together whenever this thing is over with. And, and that's encouraging to see your community looking forward and, and supporting the things that are positive in our downtown, like Joe said. Absolutely. That's awesome. I love this. So these are incredibly creative yet practical solutions that other communities can adopt and adapt to their local conditions. And this is this is part of, of what Main Street's all about. Um, we have this community-driven approach to economic development in which we deliver real results while supporting local growth for long-term success. And, and both of you, Joe and Susie, shared some really fantastic positive things that are happening in your community. And um, this is indicative of that, that sense of place and civic pride. This is all reflective of what we love about our towns and our neighbors. So Susie and Joe, thank you for your dedication to downtown and for taking time to share with our listeners. And for our listeners, if you'd like to learn more about Main Street, South Carolina, you can find us on the Municipal Association's website, www.masc.sc. Thank you all for tuning in. The City Quick Connect podcast is one of several ways the Municipal Association keeps you informed of the opportunities and issues impacting South Carolina cities and towns. Learn more at www.masc.sc and stay up to date with the Association's latest happenings on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.